Well, you know, Ebola has been really much in the news these days. And um, um, when we came, they checked us several times, you know. They checked our passports what, to see which countries we've been through, make sure we weren't coming from uh, any South, uh, any uh, Western African countries. And, uh, and uh, so even in Zambia, they're taking measures, uh, wearing protective gears and a face mask and when you first enter the country, they look at your passport to see if you've been into any um, Af uh, West African countries. But um, Ebola is a serious disease, and but don't worry, uh, so, uh, Zambia does not have any Ebola. Um, you know, we just have to watch out for. You know, we just have to be aware of this, the early symptoms. You know, of high fever and coughing. <coughs> Excuse me. Um, and uh, don't worry, it's, it's Zambia is Ebola-free. You know, people ask me, you know, they, you know, when I come and greet them, they know I come from Africa. They say, where are you from? <laughs> Anyways, um, I'd like to talk about a little bit about, uh, you know, Ebola is a serious disease, and there's another, uh, there's a king in the Old Testament who also had a serious disease. And that was uh, King Uzziah. And if you can uh, see uh, Isaiah chapter 6, we'll, we'll uh, start <coughs> with chapter 6, verse 1. Um, this, um, I just want to share with you what the Lord has laid on my heart. Um, the, the first part of this chapter is, uh, talks about the comparison or, or the condition of two kings. And then the end, the last part of the chapter is the condition of the people. And then we will look at the call of Isaiah. The call of Isaiah, that which includes his confession, his cleansing, and his commission. Um, Isaiah chapter 6, verse 1. In the year that King Uzziah died, I saw the Lord sitting on a throne, high and lifted up, and the train of his robe filled the temple. Um, just to, you know, you wonder, why, why is this mentioned? Why is King Uzziah mentioned here in this verse? You know, there's, it, um, what is the significance of this? <coughs> um, a little bit of background about King Uzziah. He became king when he was 16 years old. This is in Second uh, Chronicles chapter 26 for your information. But he became king when he was 16 years old. He reigned for 52 years. He did what was right in the sight of the Lord. Uh, there were two classes of kings in the Old Testament. Those who did right in the sight of the Lord and those who did evil in the sight of the Lord. He was one of the good guys. Um, and up until a certain time, as I will explain. Uh, so he had a great army and he prospered greatly. And in verse 16 of that chapter it says, But when he was strong, his heart was lifted up. His heart was lifted up. He became proud. He entered the temple to burn incense. And um, that wasn't, he wasn't supposed to do that. Um, uh, the priest, the priest um, Azariah, came in with, a, with, a, a, with a, 80 valiant men. They were all priests, but they were valiant men. And they all confronted him. <laughs> Thank you. It's just that Ebola. <laughs> Trying to get over 
And so uh, he went into the temple to burn incense. And uh, that was only for the job of the priests, the Levites, the son, sons of Aaron. And, uh, and the chief priest, Azariah, came in with his 80 men, and they confronted him. And they said, you need to get out of here. You're not supposed to be in here. And, um, and then Uzziah, our, uh, Uzziah, King Uzziah became angry. And when he became angry, leprosy broke out right there in the temple. And when they saw that, they quickly rushed him out. Um, he was now unclean. He was unclean. And, uh, and so he ended his days without access to either the throne or the temple. Um, about 10 years, or let's say probably more than a decade, he, um, he lived in that condition. So he was unclean. He was, as it says, cut off. He was cut off from the temple as well as from the throne. And so we read here, we see that there's two kings. Um, king Uzziah and the king of kings, the Lord Jesus Christ, sitting on a throne high and lifted up. Uh, we, we, we have this, this verse begins with an empty throne, but an also an occupied throne. Um, the, two, the difference between these two kings, you know, Uzziah was unclean, but the Lord is holy, as we will see in, a, uh, in, verse, in verse 3. He is holy compared to the king who is unclean. This king died. The Lord lives forever. He is pure and living forever. Uh, Jerusalem, the temple in Jerusalem is different than the temple that the Lord was sitting in. What's the difference? The temple in Jerusalem did not have a throne. Uh, Jesus Christ is the priest and the king, the high priest and the king of kings. And we read on in verse 2. <coughs> verse 2. There you go. It says, Above it stood seraphim, each one having six wings, and two he covered his face, with two he covered his feet, and with two he flew. The, ser the seraphim, they, they had three pairs of wings. Two he covered his face in reverential awe. Two he covered his, his feet with uh, symbolizing deep humility. And with two he flew. He flew showing obedience and service. Um, the, the seraphim, they, they, needed to, they humbled themselves. They were magnificent creatures, uh, beautiful, uh, as you can imagine. But yet they humbled themselves before an all-holy God. There's one, one angel that you, um, that you know that didn't humble himself. Uh, that's Lucifer. He was cast out immediately. Uh, because of his pride, together with all his friends, and then he had two. There were two to fly, uh, showing obedience and service. So this order suggests that devotion comes before service. Devotion comes before service. Service of God must be with reverence and humility. And so, in verse three, and one cried to another. And said, Holy, holy, holy is the Lord of hosts. The whole earth is full of his glory. You know, I think it's important that we, we emphasize <coughs> the holiness of God, especially when witnessing. 
Um, so many today, they, they, uh, if you witness to them, they will say, well, I'm not so bad, you know. I think I'm pretty, I'm, you know, I, I, I obey most of the commandments, you know. I go to church once in a while, and, and I'm just as good as the next guy, you know. So, so uh, God should let me in. My good works will outweigh my bad works, but that's not the case. Uh, so many times people do not understand the holiness of God. Uh, and it's important to, to understand that. Otherwise, if they don't realize that they are a sinner, then they will feel no need to be saved. Um, they, uh, they don't understand. Like, like we do not understand the holiness of God compared to those in the Old Testament where all the uh, symbols, all the rituals and the ceremonies all pointed to the holiness of God. And so, um, and so they say, holy, holy, holy. Now this may be indicative of the, the Trinity, but in another sense I think um, it was to impress upon Isaiah of God's purity, of God's holiness. Um, you know, there was one preacher who said, why didn't uh, they say, good, good, good is the Lord of hosts, or, or love, love, love is the Lord of hosts, or wise, wise, wise. They didn't say that, well, these are all true, yes, but they were, he wanted to emphasize and impress upon Isaiah the holiness of God, holy, 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 um, Holy. What is holiness? It's a, it's a separation uh, to be set apart from. Um, our sin has, as, um, as Isaiah says, cha- says in chapter 59, that our sin, our iniquities, has separated us from God. And God even uh, forsook his son because of his holiness when his son was on the cross and he took upon himself our sin. I think it really did uh, impact uh, Isaiah's life because 25 times in the book of Isaiah, he refers to the Lord as the Holy One of Israel. And for believers today, we read um, 1 Peter chapter 1, verse 15. It says, But as he who called you is holy, he who called you, he is calling Isaiah to serve him, but yet... He is impressing upon him his holiness. And so for us, and it says, but he who called you is holy. You also be holy. In verse 16, and as it is written, be holy for I am holy. And what was the response in verse 4? Verse 4 says, and the posts of the door were shaken by the voice of him who cried out, and the house was filled with smoke. The door started, the doorpost and the, the, the threshold, the, the foundation was starting to shake just at the mere mention of God's holiness. Can you imagine if this place started to shake just by the mention of God's holiness? Um, we, um, the, you know, if, this, if, the, if the temple started to shake, how much more as we as believers should be moved and tremble as at being in the presence of an all-holy God. And then it says the, the, the temple was filled with smoke. Um, you know, there's examples in the Old Testament where um, the tabernacle 
uh, there was smoke over the tabernacle or, or cloud, or a cloud went through the um, wilderness leading the children of Israel, uh, or, the tab- or the transfiguration had uh, covered, uh, they were covered with smoke, uh, smoke or, or cloud. And this was all to reveal God's presence, to reveal God's presence. But it also was to conceal the glory of God. It was to conceal the glory of God because no one can see God and live. In verse 5, we have um, Isaiah's response. And so I said, Woe is me, for I am undone, because I am a man of unclean lips, and I dwell in the midst of a people of unclean lips. For my eyes have seen the King, the Lord of hosts. Isaiah says he's undone. Woe is me, I am undone. What does that mean, I am undone? We don't use that to refer to ourselves so much. We may refer to other things, you know, like, uh, you know, if I'm flying a plane, you know, and a part on the plane comes undone, I'm in big trouble. Or if, um, um, or if your shoelace is undone, you trip over it and fall on your face. Or if your clothes become undone, you know, you become embarrassed and ashamed. And, and that's how Isaiah was. Uh, he felt ashamed. Uh, he felt ashamed before an all-holy God. I am, I am um, undone. Woe is me. He's cut off, cut off like Uzziah was. He's unclean. And that's what he said um, just uh, after that. He says, um, I am of unclean lips. I am a man of unclean lips. Unclean lips. Quite often we have unclean lips. I know I, I had unclean lips growing up, you know, as a boy. My mother would get the bar of soap and wash my mouth out with soap. <laughs> I see some heads now. How many here has had their mouth <laughs> washed out with soap? Yeah, I don't think they would allow you to do that nowadays. <laughs> but it certainly taught us a lesson. It certainly did. And so King Uzziah was unclean. And he had to cover his lips when he came into other, uh, someone else's presence other, in, uh, in the presence of other people. He had to cover his lips and say, unclean, unclean. Isaiah felt morally unclean as Uzziah was physically unclean. Isaiah, he felt unfit to be in the Lord's service. And he says, I dwell with a people of unclean lips. They were a morally, a nation that was morally unclean. But you notice that he, clen- he uh, confesses his own sin before he confesses the sin of the nation. And then he says, for my eyes have seen the king, the Lord of hosts. My eyes have seen the king. You know, he must have felt like a dead man. You know, I've seen the king. You know, no one can see God and live. And, and John felt the same way in Revelation 1, chapter 17. And he says, And when I saw him, I fell down as dead. In verse 7, we uh, read, <clears throat> sorry, in verse 6 and 7, Then one of the seraphim flew to me, having in his hand a live coal, which he had taken with the tongs from the altar. And he touched my mouth with it and said, 
Behold, this has touched your lips. Your iniquity has taken your iniquity is taken away and your sin purged. Boy, I think uh, I'd rather have a bar of soap than a hot live red hot coal. Um, and I can imagine what that must have felt like. But uh, you know, I, I was wondering, you know, several times when I was young, I said, how can a live hot coal take away someone's sin? Well, we know that that, that coal came from the, the brazen altar. And the brazen altar is, is what points them to the cross of Calvary, where the Lamb of God shed his blood and atoned for our sins. Verse, um, verse 8, we read, And I heard the voice of the Lord. This is the first time that the voice of the Lord is speaking now. And I heard the voice of the Lord saying, Whom shall I send? And who will go for us? Then I said, Here I am. Send me. So we see the commission of Isaiah. The Lord is asking, Who shall we send? He's asking for volunteers. Uh, ones, those who have a willing heart. And Isaiah was so compelled because of his own forgiveness, of his own sin, that he felt that um, he, would, he would want to serve the Lord. He says, Here am I, Lord. Send me. And the Lord said, um, in verse 9, he says, Go and tell this people, Keep on hearing, but do not understand. Keep on seeing, but do not perceive. Go tell this people, the Lord said. This you notice he didn't say my people. He said this people. This people. Keep on hearing, but they don't perceive. Um, you know, a lot of the, you know a lot of people nowadays they hear a lot, but they don't they don't hear. They don't understand. Um, they've had many opportunities, as these people have had many opportunities, but they refused. They they could not believe. Why? Because they would not believe. They keep on hearing. Religious people keep on hearing. They may go to some church and keep on hearing the. Keep on hearing, but they do not understand, or, or uh, they don't want to understand. If you try to speak to them and say, "No, this is what the Bible says," and they close their ears and they don't want to hear. In verse um, ten, make this make the heart of this people dull and their ears heavy, and shut their eyes lest they see with their eyes and hear with their ears and understand with their heart and return and be healed. And verse 11 says, Then I said, Lord, how long? And he answered, Until the cities are laid waste and without inhabitant, the houses are without a man, the land is utterly desolate. You know, this must have been a very discouraging call to the ministry. You know, the Lord says, I want you to go and preach and, and preach the word of God. But, oh, by the way, these people, they won't hear. They can't hear. They won't hear. They won't listen. They won't believe. That must have been a discouraging call. Whereas we see Jonah, he, had, uh, he was very reluctant. He was disobedient. He, went, he ran away from the Lord, but the Lord brought him back. 
And as a result, there was the greatest revival in the world, in the history of the world. But here we have a willing servant. But yet he was, but yet he was called to a ministry where only a few will believe, as we will see here. Uh, but in verse 11, he says, Lord, how long? How long? He's not asking, he's not saying, Lord, how long do I have to do this for? No. He is saying, Lord, how long will these people remain in this condition? And this was a prophecy of the coming judgment of of the Babylonian captivity. The quality of our service is not on the number of converts we went to the Lord, but it's on our faithfulness and obedience. And it says in verse 12, The Lord has removed men far away in the forsaken places and many in the midst of the land. 13, But yet a tenth will be in it and will return to be for consuming as a terabith tree or as an oak tree whose stump remains when it is cut down. So the holy seed shall be its stump. So there's an encouraging. The Lord does encourage him that there will be a remnant remaining. There will be a tenth that do continue on uh, and follow the word of the Lord. And so where or what is our calling? Um, you know, the, is, the, is not the place that's important. That's secondary. Pri- the primary thing is, um, is that are we obedient and faithful to his call, wherever or however that might be? You know, where, you know, working overseas as a missionary does not make you more spiritual. Um, we can we can be a, uh, just as much of a missionary here on the on the on the beaches of Florida or in the other neighborhood, um, just as overseas. Is God calling you? Is God calling you? You should answer ask that question. What are do you meet the requirements? What are the re- requirements? Have you been cleansed? Have you been cleansed by the blood of the Lamb? And do you have a willing heart? And will you say, as Isaiah said, Here am I, Lord, send me. With that in mind, without those thoughts, uh, I'd just like to share um, some pictures, just a few pictures with that I put some words of a song to, um, you know, this song here. Here am I, is it a is a I Lord. Uh, the lyrics and the music are by Don, Dan Shutt, and uh, I took some pictures together with Gary Bentley that I put some words to. So, uh, why don't you close, turn off the lights? You might get a better picture. 